Well, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Kevin Norcross, pastor of Next Generation Outreach, and I'm super excited um, to spend the next few minutes with you sharing the word of Christ today. So we're going to be looking at the book of Philippians. We're continuing on in this series, Philippians, Having the Mind of Christ. If you want to grab your Bible or your tablet, whatever you've got to read scripture, we're going to read from uh, uh, chapter 1, verse 12 to 18. You can turn there now. We're going to read it in a, in a moment. But um, I kind of want to set the stage a little bit. What we're learning right now, we're learning from Paul, and he's writing from jail. He's in a difficult situation. But even in his difficult situation, he's making the choice to let the light of Christ shine through him, which is the title of my message today, uh, to let your light shine even in difficulty. So now before we read the scripture, I want to share a story with you. I've shared this story before. Maybe not all of you have heard it, but it really sets the stage for what we're going to learn today. Um, and when I was, uh, went off to, to Bible college, I did a one-year discipleship course out in Abbotsford, B.C., and uh, it ended with a one-month missions trip to China. And so as we were preparing to go on this trip, about three weeks before that, friends of mine, we went to church, a church service, and I began to feel weird in this side of my face. And I kept saying to my, my face feels weird. My face feels weird. They're like, be quiet. You're annoying. Just, it's going to be okay. By the end of the church service, the entire side of my face could not work. So we went to Emerge. They diagnosed me with Bell's palsy. And what Bell's palsy is, is from my limited medical understanding, uh, there's a nerve that travels from your brain through a hollow bone in your ear and then branches off in three areas of your face. And what happened is the nerve that went through the bone expanded and pinched. And so the whole side of my face was paralyzed. It didn't work. And I remember sitting in the doctor's office as in my early 20s, and he was saying, most of the time it comes back, but we don't know. And it was this difficult and, and tough season in my life as a young man. I was not yet married. I did not know what my future held. And the doctor's saying, yeah, maybe your face will be like this for the rest of your life. And it was tough. When I would brush my teeth, I'd have to do it on the side so it wouldn't fall out. When I would eat, it was embarrassing. Food would come out of my mouth. I had to sleep with tape on my eye because the muscles in my uh, eyelid didn't work and I didn't want my eye to dry out. And then we were getting ready for this mission missions trip where we had been preparing for all year. And I made the choice as a young man to say, God, no matter what difficult situation I'm going through, I want to let the light of Christ shine. So we went on the missions trip. God did great things. But uh, this is a picture of me. I, it's not a picture of Justin Bieber. It's actually me uh, in my early 20s. And this is me standing in the mirror trying to squint my face as much as I can. And you can see the half of it just wasn't working. So in our difficulty, in our difficult situations as Christ followers, we have the opportunity to let the light of Christ shine, which brings us to our big idea today, um, is your difficulty and your struggle can be an inspiration and a blessing to others. What you're going through can be an inspiration and a blessing to other people. So Paul is in a difficult situation in jail, but he chooses to honor God and let the light of Christ shine through him. So let's stand and we're going to read again Philippians 1, 12 to 18. And let's see what, uh, see what we're going to be learning about this morning. So verse 12. 
Now I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Because of my chains, most of the brothers in the Lord have been encouraged to speak the word of God more courageously and fearlessly. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so in love, knowing that I am put here to def- uh, in, for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely supposing they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. All right, you can sit down now. So this scripture gives us a lot. There's a ton to learn from. Again, Paul is talking from this difficult situation. And we see the light of Christ shine through him despite that. Now, my situation was just circumstance. Paul's situation was he was in jail as a direct result of preaching the gospel. Your difficulty might come as a result of that. You might face ridicule for living your faith out loud, for for standing up for truth, for sharing the gospel. Or your difficult situation might just be circumstantial. But either way... We want to let our light shine. And the big idea encourages us that even in your difficulty and struggle, it can be a blessing and inspiration to others. Let's look at verse 12. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. Paul's writing to the church in Philippi, and he's in jail, and he's facing difficulty and persecution. And uh, he says that his difficult situation has actually advanced the work of the gospel rather than hindered it. Isn't that interesting? Rather than allow his difficult situation to get the best of him, he says, God, I want to let my light shine, and God does something great with it. In his difficult situation, God does something great. He was keeping an eternal mindset. He was aware of his circumstances, but he focused on what matters, and that is the gospel. This is a reminder to you and a reminder to me and an encouragement to us. This is a mindset that we need to adopt. Don't get too focused on what's happening down here, but keep your heart and your mind fixed on heaven, on eternity. Even when your earthly circumstances are difficult and challenging and overwhelming, that does not mean that God has abandoned you. That does not mean that God is not at work. But keep your mind and heart focused on what really matters, which is the gospel, the truth, and on the things of God. See, Paul faced many sufferings throughout his life. And he didn't want these things to be a stumbling block for others. He was worried that maybe perhaps somebody might be too shy to share the gospel because they might end up in jail like him. And that's a little bit like society today that we live in. Sometimes when you speak up for truth, it's becoming more difficult and difficult and difficult. Like Pastor Charles says, in this upside-down, topsy-turvy world that's getting worse and worse and worse. There's so much animosity and hatred towards biblical truth in our society today. Our culture is so sensitive um, and easily offended towards anything that is not supportive to their choices and their lifestyle. In our culture, they cancel people who speak up for the truth. I've seen it uh, within our own uh, youth, and I've seen it, we see it... uh, 
in the media. Very similar to Paul's day. And in Paul's day, he was actually put in chains and put in prison because of speaking truth and speaking God's word. But Paul uses his difficulty to encourage people. He said that it actually advanced the gospel. Rather than people being more shy to share the gospel, they were actually emboldened and the gospel message spread. It's a reminder to you and to me to trust God in all circumstances, whether good or bad, knowing that he's at work and he has a plan. Find peace and joy and rest in that fact and keep serving him and leave the results up to him. Okay, that was verse 12. Let's jump to verse 13. It says this, As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. So Paul is excited that because of this, he, the gospel is spreading. Because he went to jail, the people in the jail and the palace guards and the leaders knew about him and the gospel message spread even more. Rather than fall into self-pity, Paul says, no, I want to see the gospel advanced. That should be an encouragement and a reminder to you and me to let the light of Christ shine. That people should know that you are a Christ follower. And also remember, when things are not going well for you, know that God can be glorified in your life. Even in your difficulty, God can be glorified. Verse 14 says this, And because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Your blessing, your, your difficulty, and your struggle can be a blessing to others. Paul was pointing out that because of what he was facing and the challenges that he was facing, others were encouraged in their faith. It's an encouragement and a reminder to you, when you are going through a difficult situation and you're facing trouble, just keep your heart right. Be real and say, God, please somehow be glorified through this. Paul didn't hide his struggle. He wasn't ashamed of his struggle. Uh, he, people knew that he was in jail and this emboldened them. Don't hide your struggle. We don't have to feel this pressure as Christ followers to put on this front that everything's okay. We don't have to present this Instagram perfect life of being a Christ follower. The Bible doesn't promise that everything's always going to be smooth and always going to be good and always going to be cool. But scripture does promise that God will walk through those difficult times with you. Don't feel that pressure as a Christ follower to pretend that you've got it all together. What will people think if they knew the struggles that I have? What would people think if they knew the questions that I'm asking about the word of God? What would people know, uh, think if they knew the mistakes that I made? What would people think if they knew how, how hurting I am inside or how much turmoil I'm in? We feel this pressure as Christ followers to pretend that we have it all together. No, don't hide your struggle and know that even in your most difficult situation and struggle that Christ can be glorified. We need to be real and honest about what we're going through. You never know the impact you're going to have on someone's life when you keep going and living for God in a difficult situation. There's a joy and a freedom that comes when you can rest in that fact. That's why your daily time with God, your daily time set aside, studying scripture, underlining scripture, circling it, highlighting it, memorizing it, journaling about it. Those times are so important because they keep you grounded. They keep you focused on truth. They combat the lies that are coming at you each day. 
Don't give up on that time. Allow the light of Christ to shine through you. There's a song in Sunday school, This Little Light of Mine. I'm not going to sing it because that would be embarrassing. I keep asking Corey if I can lead worship, and he keeps saying no because I only know one song. Uh, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. I actually snuck in a, uh, uh, um, uh, an audition for the worship team one time when I was sitting down here in the front row. I had my microphone on. Uh, it was a couple years ago, and I was preparing to preach, and uh, I turned it on too early, and I was just going for it, and I was singing horribly, and I was doing little fills and just worshiping God. And I didn't realize it was coming through uh, the speakers. And, and then I think Brian noticed and he turned it off and it, the worship team had a good chuckle after listening to me sing. Even after that, Corey won't let me sing on the worship team. But in this, this song, it goes, uh, in, in Sunday school, um, we would sing, uh, hide it under a bushel, no, and the kids would yell, I'm going to let it shine, and then let it shine till Jesus, I guess I am singing, it's not that bad, and then the part that we loved as kids was, uh, we would say, uh, don't let Satan it out, I'm going to, right, it's bringing you back, it's so endearing, but this part in the song, don't let Satan it out, blow out the fire, the light of Christ inside you. That's how you feel sometimes when you're going through your day-to-day -day and difficulty comes or struggle comes or backlash comes because of how you're living. You feel like Satan's trying to, to blow out your fire, trying to snuff out that fire, that light of Christ within you. Church, don't refuse to allow that light of Christ to go out. Let it shine. You know when a, a candle is most noticeable? In a very dark room. In your dark and difficult moment, as you be bold and be strong and allow the light of Christ to shine through you, people notice, their lives are impacted, and, and the gospel is strengthened. I have no idea where I was. <laughs> yeah, try, yeah, yeah. Sing the song, actually sing it. Okay. Trust God with the results. Even though you might never get a thank you, even though you might never get noticed, even though you never, might never know the results or the impact you've had on someone's life, let your light shine and continue to serve him. And then the last few verses, verse 15 to 18, it says this, It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so in love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel, the former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether false motives are true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. So Paul's talking about preaching the gospel. He kind of throws out some questions. Some are doing it genuinely to share Christ. Others are doing it to get Paul in more trouble. Remember, he's in jail. So if people will preach the gospel, they'll get Paul in more trouble. Uh, others are doing it because they're drawing attention to themselves. But he says, no matter what, the main point is that the gospel is preached. The gospel must be preached. And it's a challenge and a reminder to you and to me that we must preach the gospel. 
Now, sometimes you get limited in your mind about what preaching the gospel is. Preaching the gospel could be in this form, publicly to a, to a group. Preaching the gospel could be a one-on-one -on -one conversation with somebody uh, in your backyard over a campfire or over a meal. Preaching the gospel could be just deciding that I'm going to live for Christ. I'm going to let people know that. I'm not going to be ashamed of it. In all ways, we need to preach the gospel both personally and corporately. I'll explain that in a minute. First of all, personally. Last week, Pastor Neil talked about the four P's of living a gospel-centered life. One of them was to pray. Paul prays for others, and he expects others, uh, Christ followers, to pray for other people, no matter what situation they're in. He also talked about to partner. The word partnership in the Greek is the word koinonia. And everybody remembers Pastor Neil did this, brought the fingers together. We need to come together in partnership in koinonia. And he challenged us to go out after the service and sit at the picnic tables outside or at these tables and connect. We need to partner with each other. Another one was persevere, moving forward in your journey to Christ. And then he talked about proclaim. Gospel-centered Christians like us need to live a gospel-centered life, must proclaim the gospel message. And he shared a brilliant story of when he started dating his now wife, Robin, and how he was so proud to say, I have a girlfriend, I have a girlfriend, I have a girlfriend. Did you know I have a girlfriend? And it was a great illustration of what it means to us as Christ followers to proclaim the gospel, to share this life of, that, that we, this relationship with Christ that we have and to preach the gospel. So we do that personally in our relationships. You have relationships with people that I don't have relationships with, and we need to use those relationships to continue to preach the gospel. But also, we need to preach the gospel corporately. And I'm going to spend some time going into a bit of uh, church mission, vision, and strategy review. Uh, we're going to start with saying our mission statement together. I'll give you a hint. It starts with everyday people, and it's on the screen behind me. So uh, to the best of your memory, let's say it together, okay? One, two, three. Everyday people on a... Wow, you are so good. I can't believe you remembered that. That's amazing. We have this strategy of a church uh, of evangelism, and these things can support what you're doing personally in your quest for evangelism and sharing the gospel. Pastor Charles talked about this strategy we have for evangelism. Uh, belong, believe, become. Those are the blanks you can fill in in your notes there. Belong in community. People come to events at the church or they, they're familiar with what the church does and there's a sense of belonging where uh, they're welcomed as a part of the church family. Then uh, the next step is to believe. There are many opportunities along the way where people can believe in the message of Christ and then become. Once they accept Christ, they become like Christ. Christ, and they join in with us on this journey together pursuing Christ. So belong, believe, become. There are strategic moments within our church calendar where we do outreaches corporately as a church. Right now we have six big outreaches that we do. And I'll start with the calendar year in January. The first one is our family day event, then Easter. Then we have our Canada Day outreach, which is coming up really soon. Then we have uh, the fall kickoff. And then we have um, uh, the drive through nativity and we have Christmas Eve. And three of these events are gospel 
focus, where we preach the gospel, evangelistic, the nativity drive through Christmas Eve and Easter are times where people in the community come out of the woodwork to attend church. And we pull out all the stops. We preach the gospel the best we can with creativity and passion. We get the animals and the, uh, all the, the things that we can do to show our guests a great time and to preach the gospel. The nativity drive through is something we discovered uh, amidst um, uh, the pandemic and people drive through the, the uh, parking lot and we preach the gospel through acting and through scripture. And uh, this past year, we had over 2,000 people go through and hear the gospel message. One of these events is about getting uh, more involved. Our fall kickoff, as families are putting together their family calendars at home, we want West Park on that calendar. We want people serving. We want people attending. We want people being a part of this church family, church community. Two of these events are relational. Could be a first time connecting with a church. It's a soft invite, easy to bring somebody to. Family Day, uh, we kind of stumbled upon this because one time at Canada Day, it was pouring rain. So we pulled everything inside and we filled up the whole building with inflatables and games. And we had 600 people uh, in the dead of winter come out to this event. And so as a staff, we celebrated that and we got full of faith and said, I bet you next year we could get 800 people to come. Well, 1,200 people showed up and we started running out of food. My wife Kylie got in the car and started uh, emptying the shelves at Shoppers Drug Mart and buying more chips. Pastor Corey jumped on the phone and started ordering pizza because we wanted to feed our guests. He kept calling and calling until he called and the guy said, I'm sorry, we don't have any more pizza dough in the store. <laughs> but though, that's the family day event. And then we have the Canada Day event coming up in a couple weeks. And this event reaches over 5,000 people. When those fireworks go off, all around the community, people are sitting in their driveways, people are parked along the street, people are on the property, and it's this huge outreach. And I know some of you are new and you have no idea what I'm talking about, so we're going to watch this quick highlight video to give you a sense of what this outreach is all about. Pretty cool, hey? Yeah, I actually, as I was watching that, and we're talking about letting the light of Christ shine, I guess that's a pretty big statement that we make as a church when those fireworks go off for 20 minutes in, in the darkness to our community that, hey, we're here, and we're here to help you and pour into you. I hope you can be a part of this event. Um, we're about halfway there with our volunteers. Great opportunity for you to get involved. Um, jump in on a barbecue, jump in with a kid's activity, help out. Uh, I encourage you to grab some of those invite cards on your way out. Out, invite some people. It's a soft invite. We're not doing a bait and switch. We're not saying, come to this cool event and then we're going to preach to you for half an hour. No, we're just showing the love, the love of Christ and reflecting Christ uh, to our community. Serve at one of the time slots. We have it broken down into two time slots. So you can serve for a couple hours and then attend with your family if you want. Come and serve as a family. What a great opportunity to do something together. If you're new, if you are new to our West Park family in the last little while and you want to get to know someone, serve at this event. Jump on a barbecue with somebody else. Stand at a cut freezies and hand them out with someone. Great way to connect and to build relationships. And so I'd encourage you, you can even pull your phone out now and ignore what I'm saying and sign up and volunteer. You can do that online. You can go to the uh, sign up table after. Hopefully you can get connected and be a part of this event. 
so a few more things that we do uh, evangelistically here as a church. Um, we share the gospel in our sermons. We focus on Sundays on, on new people. Carol Verdun uh, leads the charge on that with her team of ushers and uh, greeters and the welcome desk. This process of belong, believe, become. We mention new people in our service about five or six times. And some of you regulars, you hear that over and over and you wonder why we do that. Well, it's a big deal coming to a place for the first time. And it can be overwhelming and intimidating. And we want to do anything and everything we can to make our guests feel as welcome as possible. We want to have an evangelism focus on Sundays. And you can help. If you see somebody that you don't know, uh, go ahead and introduce yourself. You're like, well, I don't want to put my foot in my mouth. No, put your foot in your mouth and go introduce yourself to somebody. Get to know someone new, even if they say, uh, I've been here for like three years. Well, great. You can have a nice conversation. Uh, within our different uh, ministries, kids, youth, young adults, men's, women, seniors, and everything in between, we have a gospel uh, evangelism strategy within those ministries. Our language ministries, Chinese, Spanish, and Arabic, these ministries reach people who don't uh, speak English, and they, ha they are reaching many people with the gospel. Um, there's other areas within the church, our global outreach partners. We support uh, missionaries all over the world where the gospel is preached, and we're thankful for that. And when you give financially to West Park, you are a part of that mission of the gospel being preached globally. Some of you might not know this, but we have a three-church partnership uh, to focus on evangelism within the uh, Northwest London community. Uh, West London Alliance, Gateway, and West Park are strategically located in the same geography geographical area. And about six or seven years ago, the lead pastors got together, uh, Jude St. John, Rick Boys, and Pastor Charles got together and prayed about how could God use our three churches strategically to reach our Northwest London community together. And that continues to happen. Carol Verdun leads the charge in this area called Northwest London Connect. And if you want to get involved in that, she meets with representatives from those three churches. Reach out to her. Conversational English. This ministry has run at West Park for over 10 years. And they help people learn the language of English, which is a daunting, daunting task. This is run by volunteers. And this is a huge outreach. They're strategic. They actually use Bible uh, lessons to teach English to their students, and many come to faith through that. We just got an email this week from a, a, a woman that's in the program who just got her citizenship and thanking the teacher so much for helping her with her English. We have the community garden and the greenhouse, and believe it or not, this reaches a lot of people for Christ. This is a way to love our neighbors and share our land and show them uh, and help grow food for our community. We support key agencies within the city. We can't get behind every agency within the city, but uh, we support um, Youth for Christ, the London Pregnancy and Support Center, Mission Services, and ARC Aid. And there are also many great agencies represented by people in this room that are volunteers or leaders or anything. And that was a lot, right? <laughs> it's a reminder to you that you are a part of a church that takes evangelism seriously. We desperately want the light of Christ not only to shine through you personally, but through us as a church corporately. Well, let's get back to the text as we, as we wrap up. Again, Paul is saying about those who are preaching the gospel, are they doing it genuinely to share Christ? Are they doing it to get Paul in more trouble? Are they doing it to draw attention to themselves? The main point is that the gospel is preached. A big part of 
living your faith out loud and sharing the gospel and standing up for what's right is motives. Is motives. That the light of Christ would shine. And uh, if, if your life is surrendered to God and you're not ashamed of the gospel, just like Paul, that you would live your faith out loud in front of others. Paul did this to the point of being in jail. And we understand even in his difficult situation, the gospel advanced. And it's, encourage, it's an encouragement to you and to me, no matter what you're going through, continue to allow the light of Christ to shine. Uh, sometimes it's hard to keep your motives right in living out your faith. You start to question yourself. Am I doing this uh, because it's the right thing? Am I doing this because I want others to see Jesus? Am I doing this because I don't want to get in trouble? Am I doing this so other Christians will think I'm good? Am I doing this to be an example? Or am I doing this out of a genuine desire to let the light of Christ shine? We need to work at keeping our heart right. I want to use the example of worship. And what I mean by that is in a setting like this where we're singing songs led by a band on the stage, I want to talk about motives in that kind of setting as a Christ follower because I think it's something that we can all relate to. This is one element of being a Christ follower and preaching the gospel and letting the light of Christ shine. My experience in worshiping God has been a progressive thing throughout my life. I grew up in the church, so I've been in many worship services, been in this setting a lot of times, and I continue to learn and grow. I, I've been in uh, big groups, small groups, youth conventions. I've been in settings where people were very expressive in their worship, uh, quiet, um, loud, laid back, and everything in between. But when we're in this setting and we have this opportunity to, to show our love and adoration to God through our voice and through our actions, sometimes we can get stuck and not know what to do. This is what happens to me sometimes. Okay, do I put my hands fully up in the air or is that too much? Maybe just one hand, then where does this hand go? Is that awkward to be in my back pocket? Or what is the person behind me thinking? Maybe I'll just go like this because that represents something. Or maybe the half raise. Or do I open my, my eyes or do I close my eyes? Or my arms are folded. Do people think I'm grumpy? Are they wondering what's going on? Oh, I'm being a bad example. I got to do something to, to show the people around me that I love Jesus. Oh, wait, that's not right because then I'm not genuine. This is the thing that we get stuck in sometimes when we're in a setting like this. But I want to encourage you as you worship God in a setting like this, just be genuine and just be real. And when you look around you and you see somebody worshiping different than the way you're worshiping, just trust that they're, they're being genuine and real. And we're all at different stages in our journey towards pursuing Christ. But our worship, our, the way we sing, whether we're good singers or not good singers, the way we express physically our love and adoration to God should not be focused on actually what we're doing, but it should be focused on a natural response of what God is doing in our heart. That our worship and our expression of our love to God would be a natural response to what God is doing in your heart. That's the same with evangelism. That's the same with living your faith out loud. Don't get too caught up in your head. Just do it. Just let the light of Christ shine. From that place, the light of Christ will shine and God will be honored and God will be glorified and you can trust him with the results. Even in your difficulty, let the light of Christ shine. Even when you're discouraged, let the light of Christ shine. 
Even when you're being bullied for standing up for what's right, let the light of Christ shine. Even when things in your life aren't going your way, let the light of Christ shine. Even when you're overwhelmed, let the light of Christ shine. Even when you feel dull and dry and asleep spiritually, let the light of Christ shine because the world needs to see it. Keep on going, keep on striving, keep on loving, and let the light of Christ shine. Live your faith out loud in your parenting, as you work, as you volunteer in a worship service, as you read your Bible, as you go to school, in your dating, in your marriage, in your relationships, as you do chores around the house, as you interact in the community, let the light of Christ shine. And remember, even in your difficulty, it can be an encouragement and a blessing to others. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for your word today. Thank you for the power of your word and the life-changing things that we have learned today about it. God, I pray that you would help each one of us to let the light of Christ shine. God, I pray for those today who are saying that they are in a very difficult and tough situation. God, I thank you that you see them. I thank you that you know every emotion. I thank you that you know every detail of what they're going through. And God, I pray that you would pour into them and you would strengthen them and encourage them and give them the faith today, God, to continue to serve you and love you and put one foot in front of the other and let the light of Christ shine. God, I pray for all of us in our relationships with people. Help us, God, to represent you well. Help us to live our faith and not be ashamed of it. Help us to, uh, to share the gospel with those around us. And God, I pray for us as a church, corporately, that this strategy of evangelism would move forward in a great way. In all the things that we do in every single ministry within West Park, God, we pray that many would come to faith and many would serve you and honor you. God, we thank you for this message. We pray that you would help the light of Christ to shine through us. In Jesus' name, amen.